online. We're glad you can be a part today. And as we approach Christmas, we, we wanted to think and talk about some of the, um, the great themes uh, of the Christmas story. And today I wanted to read a, a slice of the Gospel of Luke. And uh, if you would, just um, follow along with me and think about today um, God's gift to us of peace. It's one of the great gifts uh, that come as a part of the Christmas story. So Luke chapter 2 says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census would be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee in Judah, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the child to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Today we want to talk about peace, the gift of peace that comes with Christmas. The thing that is interesting about the Christmas story, I was thinking about it this week, is that it, there are a lot of journeys in the story. The journey that Mary and Joseph have to make from their town of Nazareth all the way down to Bethlehem. Um, I think today, if you didn't have traffic and things went smoothly, it's maybe a three-hour car ride or so. For them, it would have been several days of a journey. Or later, the shepherds make the journey, we don't know how far, nearby, from the the. the the flocks into the place where Mary and Joseph were. Or later in, in Matthew's gospel, the wise men make the journey um, across the desert. And I think one of the things that we all realize about life is that life itself is a journey. Have you realized this? It's just a journey. It's a saying now. But the sooner you learn it, the better. Because life um, it just keeps moving and it just keeps changing. The things around you change, the times change, um, the people around, if you notice this, the people around you change. 
And um, like at Christmas time, one of the things that we like to do is we like to freeze time. That's what Facebook does. It freezes time. It pretends like everything's wonderful. Snap it quickly. <laughs> and you snap 17 of them and you pick which one? The ugliest one? Huh? How many times have I seen my wife do this? No, no. I can't pick. She goes, I can't pick between these seven. She's already eliminated 20, you know. And we're going to, because the one, and we can freeze time. In a picture, you freeze it. But that's not how life is. It just keeps going, right? Right after that, someone spilled the bean salad on you. Right after that, the dog chewed someone's uh, shoe. Right after that, right? Somebody, and life just keeps happening. And around you, People keep changing. They were, they were these cute little kids, and now they're teenagers, and <laughs> lovely teenagers. And then they keep changing, they keep growing, and, they keep, and life keeps evolving around you, and you keep changing. So life is a journey because you're not the same person that you were so many years ago. It's a journey. And the sooner you realize that life is a journey, the better. And I thought about this. The, the Christmas story is a lot about this journey because things keep changing. But the greatest journey that you take in life is not actually an external journey. The greatest journey that you take is the journey you take inside yourself. They call it the journey within. Dangerous in there. Dark in there at times. Difficult in there at times. Now, it's easy, you know, to point and look at all the things that you want to change around you. And I think this is how most of us pursue peace. I don't feel like I'm not sleeping good at night. Is anybody ever like me, like you've been up late at night and you turn the TV on? I don't know why we do that, but it's like, let's turn the TV on. And what, what's on TV in the middle of the night? Commercials about sleep aids and pillows and sheets and, you know, having trouble sleeping. No kidding, right? Um, so this, this uh, pursuing, pursuing uh, of peace, we, we try, first of all, on the outsides. I need better sheets. It's my sheets. That's my problem. How many of you wish your problems were sheets? We always start there, because for $80, if I can solve all my problems for 80 bucks, sign me up, right? That's, that's the sheets. Remember the story in, in the, the New Testament where the disciples are in the boat, and the storm comes? And when the storm comes, the disciples, they panic. They panic. Lord, we're going to drown. Save us. We're going to drown. Where is Jesus? He's in the front of the boat doing what? Sleeping. How many hard sleepers do we have out there? You can sleep through anything. Evidently, Jesus, it just didn't phase him. And certainly, I think there's more than just the, the external part of the story. It's meant to tell us something. That, you know, we oftentimes are like the disciples, and we're panicked by all the, the rough seas around us. And human nature is, what we like to do is, well, first thing is, I'll control the rough seas. I'll, I'll take care of them. Anybody try to calm the rough seas around you? I call it whack-a-mole. <laughs> Anybody ever done whack-a-mole with your life? You got the problem of the day. 
And uh, you get the biggest hammer you can find, and you just start bludgeoning that thing, right? And the problem is that every time you bludgeon something else, you create more waves other places, right? And it pops up somewhere else. And the, the, false, um, the false story that we've been given is if you can just beat all this stuff down around you, eventually you'll have peace. In other words, the idea is get, get peace in here by taming everything out here. And it's a false story because what you really want is peace here. That's what you want. First of all, you have to separate it. What you think you want is peace out here. That's what you think you want. But what you really want is peace here. That's what you really want. At the end of the day, what you're going for is a feeling. You're going for what Jesus had. He's sleeping. He's, he's at peace. He's not worried but they're concerned about all of this stuff that's out here. And so the first thing you have to do is convince yourself that that's not the thing that you want. What the thing that you want is peace here, not out here. And then the second thing is you have to be willing to, to let go and to say, I'm not gonna be able to control or, or manage all of this stuff that's out here. And man, stuff screams at you every day. You know, this is a problem. That's a problem. You should be worried about this. You should be concerned about this. And I'm not saying there aren't ever things that you get up and you work on. That's, of course, part of life. But if you tie your peace to that, you've just made a decision for the rest of your life. If I connect my peace to this, the waves, you've made a decision for the rest of your life. I'll never be at peace. You just made that decision. You never say it out loud. <laughs> That'd be way too daunting. I've just decided I will never be at peace. But you have made that decision. Lord, save us. Save us. We're going to drown. <laughs> Most of our prayers are this. God, fix the what? Fix the outside. God, fix the outside. Let's fix all this stuff out here. So 99% of our prayers. And I think Jesus is, you know, he's so just bringing the guys along. And, you know, the disciples, slow learners. He's bringing them along. That's all right. I haven't gotten it yet. Just bring them along. And he speaks to the waves and says, peace be still. And he teaches us a pattern. Peace is always from the inside out, never from the outside in. Never from the outside in. To have peace from the outside in means you would be able to control every single aspect of your life and the world around you. That's a recipe for disaster. But to accept that storms come, they come out of nowhere, waves, they, they, they crash, and life happens, or as Jesus said, in this world you will, guarantee, underline it, have trouble. Mm. Huh? How many are really mad at Jesus for saying that? It's true. He just told the truth. He will. And it, it has different faces, and it always changes. I remember when I was in college, and I had a roommate that I really, I'm not allowed to say the H word because I'm a pastor, but I really did not like. I got stuck rooming with a guy I didn't know, and I had to get a job at a funeral home because I didn't have any money. And 
I mean, when you think about designing your life as a college kid, you don't really think about, wouldn't it be cool to just live at a funeral home? You know? It's so, it was okay. I gotta, I gotta, as they say, put food on the table. So I took the job, and then and they, you don't get the, I picked one roommate because I talked to a friend of mine who was doing it with me, and there were four, like, rooms in the upper loft of this funeral home, and these other guys, I just, like, I mean, I hope he's not watching. I just, I'm more mature now. I didn't like him. I just didn't like him. Anybody been around somebody you don't like? Oh, wow. Very pious on this side. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I thought I could relate. Anybody ever been around someone they don't like? And man, I th- here's what I thought. I just kept thinking, if I could, I, if I could get rid of it. I wasn't thinking hit, like, I wasn't thinking that way, like Flint style, but I was just thinking, if, I'll go back over here. I, don't know. I was thinking that if, if this guy was not in my life, I just, that, that was the thought I kept having. If he wasn't in my, I'd be so much happier. I mean, now, I'm sure he has a version of the story, but I, I, remember, I remember one day where, like, literally, like, the dishes would just pile up, and then they'd pile up, and there's just food everywhere. Now, I, I mean, you know, I am no, like, Martha Stewart, and I'm not, like, Mr. I'm not Mr. Clean by any means, but, I mean, after a while, you got to do a dish, at least so you can reuse them. And, uh, and there, were, there was a, a mouse that jumped out of the dishes, you know, and, and then I, like, I had had it with this guy. So I was like, look, man, you got to do some dishes around here. And he goes, that's not my stuff. Of course, I knew that was coming. That's not my stuff. And so there's these little um, toppings of strawberries. Like we cut the top off laying there. And I look, bro, I can't afford strawberries, right? <laughs> I grew up on pizza and hot dogs. I haven't had a strawberry in like 10 years, and I can't afford them even if I wanted them. These are your dishes. And I went to bed that night, and I was so mad at this guy, like, because now I got mice. Anybody ever been mad at somebody? And my only thought was, if I could get rid of him. And this is, this is the voice that I heard. This is the voice that I heard. He's going to be everywhere you live and everywhere you move. But he's just going to have a different face on how many know that's true? If you got some tread on your tires, how many know that's true? He's everywhere. <laughs> huh? No, no, but deep down, you kind of think, I just got to get rid of this person. I got to get away from this circumstance because then I'm going I'm to so design my life that there will be none of them. And it doesn't matter where you go. They're always what? They're always there. The story of Christmas is a story of peace in the midst of a lot of chaos, a lot of not nice people, of Herod, of these rulers, of them being unwelcomed in a home with a pregnant woman. How many know they talked about that aunt for a long time? It's always there. It's always there. And so what happens is this. Once you decide this is, this is my peace, my peace is connected to controlling something out here that is uncontrollable, guaranteed uncontrollable, you've made a decision for the rest of your life. You won't have peace. But there's an alternative. What you can decide is I'm not going to tie peace here to what's going on here because this is just going to keep changing 
People change, circumstances change, stuff changes, politics changes, weather changes, money changes, health changes, relationship changes. It's always changing out here. So you gotta have something more stable in here. It's a gift. How do I do that? You gotta make the dangerous journey within. Because what, what, here's what happens. Most of this is tied to what Paul, Paul called, he talked about the old man and the new man. There was like a wrestling match inside of him and he sort of recognized the wrestling. Anybody ever felt the wrestling match inside of you? Um, you know, we, we, we modernize it today and anybody grew up watching like old school cartoons where you had like one angel on this shoulder and another angel on this shoulder, remember? Uh, it's always a description of the same thing and Paul was like, there was the new man and the old man and the old man's gotta go. Man, the old man's got to go. The old would be uh, what psychologists call the ego. This projected person, like, this is what you're fighting for. And the true self, the new man. The scripture says this, Christ within you, Christ within you, just think about that, the hope of glory. Christ within you, Christ within you. They were journeying to see the Christ child. You have to make the journey. Mm, you're going to navigate some stuff. Call them issues. Anybody got issues? <laughs> you navigate it, huh? And, you, and we're very good at pretending we don't have them or protecting against them, you know? But they're there. Anyone that loves you will tell you they're there. <laughs> they're there. They're there. And that's okay. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means you're a person. And if you take the, the, the courageous journey within, which is what real transformation is about in, in the scripture, it's about changing who you are. It's about letting the old man die, as Paul said, letting him die. And that's why when you don't get your way, it feels like you're dying Anybody ever not get your way on something and it just felt so wrong and you just wanted someone to pay? Don't you feel like that? Like, I, I should get my way. And, and then when you don't, it just feels like you're dying. And Paul said, that's exactly the feeling you need. The old man has to die so the new one can live. The great you, the wonderful you. The journey is within. Now, when they go there, they find, they find the, the baby. And when you find, you know, when you get to the end of the journey, there's, there's the baby and there's, it's, it's a manger. And I mean, it's, you know, babies are cute, but it's very simple in there. It's very simple. And I think this is what a lot of people learn as they go further on the journey in life. Peace is very simple, actually. It's very simple. It's accepting what's in there. Just accepting what's in there. It's very simple. We, we like to make it very complicated and people have big seminars and all that, but no. And have you found this to be true? Once you, once you get your hands on it, once you get your eyes on it, it's very simple. The truth is simple. It's a very simple scene. 
the manger, the baby. When you get to the end of the journey, when you get navigating through all these waters and you, you go within there and you find, this is who God made me to be. It's very simple. I don't, I don't need to be this. I don't need to impress anybody with this. Even an example of the old man, how we're always trying to keep the old man propped up. And we all do it, you know. I can't believe I'm still doing it at my age. I really, really should get over myself. But I do, and I, I catch myself, you know, trying to make you think I'm something. <laughs> don't you guys, you guys like me anyway, don't you? See, I know I should just get over it, but no, it's okay. But I'm just saying, like, that's the, that's the idea. We all, we all really like each other. Like, you don't have to keep doing that. But we do. I was talking to, oh, he just passed away, a friend of mine's dad. And we do this golf outing every year. And so we all grew up in Flint in the neighborhood. And, and every year we get together to golf. It's a golf outing. And um, one of my friends, I was talking to his dad. Because his dad always comes. And he's like, man, I love Court Street. You know, all the boy. he loved it. Seeing all the boys. And we played football together. And, he, it's, you know, as a dad, he just beams watching us all get together. And he, and, uh, and he started bringing his friends, you know, from High school. And it, it, it always happens. They start talking about the shot, you know. Remember, you remember AJ when you had that shot at the end of the game? And you're, you know, reminiscing, you know. And he goes, I don't know why. He goes, I buy into it every year. And this is what he said. He goes, I know. This is what he goes, this is what I know about golf. I don't need to be like swinging out of my shoes. I just need to connect with the ball, right? Just hit the ball. I golf a fair amount. He goes, I know how to do it. He goes, every year, when we have this big reunion, I, he, now he's well into his 70s, and I, I start swinging really hard to impress my buddies. <laughs> now, if that doesn't tell the story, isn't it, does that tell the story of the ego? Like, I got to keep the old man alive. I got to impress people. I got to do this thing. And the reality is, we all know everybody in that group's never going to be pro. <laughs> right? And... Yet, this is temptation. Here's the biggest thing to, to take away. What, what's really driving you trying to manage all and control all this stuff is the old man. And it's got to let him die. Because you know why, when you think about it, if you could get over yourself, if I could get over myself, you really love and appreciate the people around you. Not for who they project themselves to be. That's actually not the thing you do love. You love them for who they really are. So it gives you the freedom to say, I don't need to worry about my ego. I don't need to keep propping up the faults. What I need to do is to go take a nap in the front of that boat <laughs> and just be at peace and know that this ride is rocky and sometimes I'm going to be seen as amazing and sometimes people are not going to think the best of me, but that's, that's not, I'm not going to tie myself to that. Because once you tie yourself to how many Instagram followers you have, once you tie yourself to how the waves are up or down, you're done. You're done. So you have to unhitch yourself to that. Go take a nap in front of that boat and say, if it's high or low, um, I'm at peace because peace is always found within. Or as Paul said this, Paul said this, 
the peace of God, which transcends human understanding. That's what he wrote in Philippians. Peace of God, it's, it's transcended. There's no, re- there's no reason externally for you to have peace. I've noticed this in my life. There's certain people I really, really, really respect, and I find myself drawn to them. Have you ever found this? Like it was a certain coach in school or a certain teacher, and you just found yourself drawn to them. And you know, for me, what it is, it's like I, I see certain people that on the outside, you know, some people, man, they're like, oh, wow, look at that guy. Look at his car. Look what he drove in. Oh, my gosh, look at his shoes, his belt. Did you see his belt? You know, and it, it gets you for a minute. Get you for a minute. But I never find myself lasting. I, I never find myself like salivating that direction. More squinting. So that belt's actually a little bright. <laughs> then you look back over here, and there's different people I find myself. Have, have you found this in your life? Drawn to. Like, that doesn't have much going out here, or he doesn't care what's going out here sometimes. They, it's going or it's not going. But they have peace. And I just find myself, huh? There's something there. And it's not connected to what's here. The journey, the great journey, is always the journey, what? If you want to find peace, stop playing whack-a-mole out here, right? And start making that journey. God, what's, what's keeping me from enjoying your peace? The, it's called the peace of God, which transcends. So there's this, and then there's this. And I think this is where God wants you to live. Let's stand, we'll have a closing prayer. The great company of angels appeared and they said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, the gift, the gift of peace to men on whom his favor rests. Lord, we thank you today for your peace. And sometimes we're accessing it, living in it, walking in it, breathing it. And sometimes we're doing everything but that. We're chasing things on the outside. God, give us the grace today to rest in your peace, to trust in your peace. God, help us to change our prayers from fix what's on the outside to fix what's on the inside. Give us the courage to make the great journey, to find the Christ within. In his name we pray, amen. 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 Happy Sunday, Orchard Grove.